Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom time, location, emotional, and emotional freedom. So in that regards, we always, I'm always interested in seeking out people that are doing things on the cutting edge, things that are doing novel things outside of the box. And I love interviewing people that are cutting edge thinkers. So in that light, I have um, Brian Thorpe and he's the founder and CEO of Wealth Tender. And what's interesting is, you know, I, uh, based out of Houston and we both quit our lucrative careers to launch our startup. So, and I love just inspiring people, sharing the message. So I'll let Brian introduce himself and go from there. So Brian, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Really appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, so like you, I, I really had a terrific career, very successful in the asset management space. So as you mentioned, I worked for, for, worked for a large asset management company based in Houston, um, Invesco, and lots of great people. It was a great place to be, but after spending so much time in the air traveling to different places, I really realized I was ready for something different. And with the support of my wife, I was able to get started with this idea that I had for Wealth Tender that I'm sure we can talk a little bit more about. And no looking back. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Before we um, we talk about, um, you know, we're, there's going to be actually so much um, uh, ideas and nuggets to digest here. Um but let's start with uh, what Wealth Tender, what it is, uh, how it helps people, and go from there. Yeah, that sounds great. So Wealth Tender is a, a website at, at the core, and really trying to look at things a little bit differently. So we're focused on helping people find the best financial advisor for their particular needs. But unlike so many find an advisor sites that are out there, we realize not everybody necessarily needs to work with an advisor. So we really want to help people no matter their income or stage of life and find the best financial advisor, or it may be a financial coach or personal finance blogs and podcasts that are actually really useful for them, depending upon if they're looking for more handholding or if they're more of a do-it-yourself investor. And the other thing that really makes this different is historically, so many sites have started by saying, um, to consumers, put in your zip code and we're going to find the three best financial advisors for you. And, you know, that makes sense if you're ordering a pizza, you need that pizza to be somewhere close by. But when it comes to finding the best financial advisor for you, especially today, both financial advisors and consumers are all very comfortable, just like you and I today having this Zoom call. And what that's affording the opportunity is for people to truly find the best individual for who they are. Um, for example, you know, very near and dear to your audience, we have financial advisors who specialize in working with medical professionals and understand all the nuances that come with it. And I would suggest for many doctors, they're going to be much better served by an advisor that truly understands everything that makes 
your profession being unique and the, the student loan debt that maybe comes with it along with so many other factors versus necessarily working with an advisor that just happens to be down the street. Yeah, I, uh, I love that because what Wealth Tender reminds me of, it's sort of like a, um, a, a match matching service between, um, you know, people needing, seeking the best advice and those providing it. And, um, you know, now there's no barriers. You can go over a Zoom call. You don't need to go anywhere. And, you know, we have open lines of communication, which is really interesting. And, and the other thing that brings to my mind is it's a platform and it's um, software and it's a website and it's so it's completely scalable and, you know, can reach millions of people and help others. So, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And in fact, that's what we see is really a diverse mix. We today currently have about 160 financial advisors, about 30 financial coaches, and you know, many of them will work with people locally. And, and still, that's a big part of many advisors' business. So we absolutely can help people find an advisor locally. But increasingly, I think a lot of people are realizing whether it's just naturally they want to work with an advisor online, or perhaps they start working with an advisor locally. But as people start to move around, uh, they move to a different city and say, well, I still want to work with that advisor who will be hundreds of miles away. And so it's a great way for people to just acclimate to that online world. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, what's interesting is um, I have a couple questions was uh, one is when does it make sense for our listeners and audience to hire a financial coach and advisor? Yeah, another great question. You know, when it comes to financial coaching and financial advisors, um, maybe starting with a, a distinction between the two. So really from a regulatory perspective, if you are in the business of providing individualized advice and truly instructing and guiding people on what they should do with their investments, then you're going to be formally regulated as a financial advisor in some capacity. Um, financial coaches, on the other hand, is a completely unregulated space and you can steer clear of avoiding regulation as long as you're not providing individual advice, specifically directing people what to do, but rather helping them with more behavioral aspects of and education versus actual instruction and guidance. And so depending upon where um, you know, an audience member may be, uh, let's say they're maybe coming out of school, they've got medical debt, you know, student loan debt, and they're not ready to really start investing, and they're more focused on just starting to build strategies around how might I think about um, paying off debt, and at the same time, you know, maybe I do want to look at buying a house. And so a financial coach could be a more affordable way to get started with somebody that has that type of expertise and education. Um, and then on the other hand, as you start to graduate and have more money to invest, and you're looking for a particular um, and specific guidance, hiring an, a financial advisor could be the way to go. And with all of that said, the financial advisors really have a lot of great flexibility where they can offer services, whether it's that investment advice in the regulated realm or more in the coaching space. And so what we're now seeing are a lot of financial advisors really broadening their services to be more holistic so they can help people no matter where they are in that stage of life and have pricing models that have really evolved over time. So it can be much more affordable, whether it's an hourly basis or on a project basis versus what people historically may have thought of with stockbrokers, where it was more about commissions and sales charges that could be, um, you know, pretty much eat you alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that. I, the difference between adv advisor and coach. So it sounds like advisor, you're under a lot more scrutiny, more regulations. Um, are you, are you seeing a lot of financial advisors 
moving into the coaching space or is it more is it or is there people just coming up into the financial coach ranks what are you seeing yeah so there's a couple of things there many financial coaches have chosen not to move into financial advisory work because they prefer to stay kind of outside that regulatory realm but it does kind of hinder their ability to provide that full realm of advice that an advisor can give so what we are definitely seeing are financial advisors really broadening out and moving into that space for a number of reasons. Again, investment management in many ways has been uh, to some degree commoditized where you know people are encouraging you to put everything in low cost index funds and having a diversified portfolio that you more or less set it and forget it. And I know you and I both share an interest in some alternative um, you know, types of solutions, whether it's real estate and maybe a more active approach. But for a lot of financial advisors that historically would have made money based upon managing assets for their clients, a percentage of asset center management, for example, um, that's less and less the case. And therefore, many advisors are moving more into that coaching realm, as well as offering more holistic financial planning services that are really intended to help you um, more broadly um, put a thoughtful plan in place, whether you're trying to save for education, college, your children. Um, or you know, buying a house and um, you know maybe having that that first child, or ultimately saving for retirement. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. And um, the other thing I wanted to point out was, you know, unlike lawyers and doctors, the SEC has always prohibited um, advisors from marketing their services using ratings and reviews. But um, you're seeing it expected to change soon. Um, what should our audience and listeners be? prepared to look out for when this change takes effect? Yeah, it's really interesting. So the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, has historically, dating back to uh, when John F. Kennedy was president, prohibited financial advisors from asking their clients to write a review and also prohibiting financial advisors from using those reviews to promote their business. And what the SEC realized was, you know, this is pretty antiquated and it's time to change the rules for the very reason that all of us as consumers, when we're looking to hire, whether it's you know professional or obviously you know hotels and restaurants, but in so many cases, you know financial services professionals, doctors, lawyers, it's really refreshing to be able to read reviews. So you know up until now, a lot of financial advisors have only been able to say, "Here are my academics, here's my experience and credentials," um, but they've been left in the 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 little world where they haven't been able to provide the actual experience from um, their actual clients that they work with. And so the SEC came out with this new rule saying we re realize it's long overdue. And today, if you are an SEC registered financial advisor, you can finally begin to ask for reviews and promote those reviews. But importantly, while that's obviously useful for advisors to market and grow their business, it's the flip side of the equation that's really important to remember that it's really at the benefit for the benefit of consumers they can finally take advantage of those reviews to make more informed and, ed and educated hiring decisions. Um, so in terms of your audience, what they can expect to see going forward are more online reviews and testimonials um, about advisors that they're thinking about hiring or perhaps about the advisors um, that they're working with today and that they may also be getting calls if they work with a financial advisor um, buttering them up to say, hey, I would really love if you could uh, leave a review for me on a site like Wealthtender. And so one of the things that we've done at Wealthtender is we are actually the very first financial advisor review platform that's fully compliant with the new SEC marketing rule. And so there are some prescriptive things that advisors need to do, but to their credit, the SEC basically just wants to make sure that consumers know when they read a review 
if that review was written by somebody who was a client or it's their mom or somebody who's never been a client, um, was that person compensated for writing that review or not? And are there any material conflicts of interest? And so we incorporate all of that onto our review platform on WealthTender and really think if you come back um, you know, two years, five years down the road, um, just like if you were looking for a doctor or a lawyer, it's going to be much easier for your audience to go out and find an advisor, not only based upon their credentials and experience, but also having a much better sense of uh, the job they've done based on the feedback from the clients that have written reviews. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, you know, with all the rules and regulations, especially you know, the SEC uses the Howey's test, which was um, back in the 30s to evaluate whether something launched in today's time is a security. So kind of what you were describing was really, uh, you know, reminds me of that, how far right. <laughs> Um There's, uh, you know, I know a lot of, um, so this is really interesting because I know a lot of the audience, they're interested in, um, you know, financial coaching or financial advice, um, and then what's interesting is that you actually created this business um, and then reading from your bio, you actually created from a, from a small beach town during the pandemic. What, what's that like? Yeah, so typically I'd be living in the same city as you in Houston, Texas. And when COVID came about, my wife and I, we don't have any children. Um, you know, we had a house that we were actually trying to sell and we just actually had visited a town called Tulum that's a couple hours south of Cancun in Mexico. And we were there for about a week on vacation and then came back, which was still around the peak time of quarantine in May of 2021, I think it was. And just realized, wow, this is crazy. Like, why don't we just take advantage of this? This COVID thing might last for a few weeks. And so we ended up uh, coming back to Tulum and we were there for what we thought was going to be just another few weeks until the COVID you know, situation was over. And then obviously that retracted and we ended up being there for 10 months. Um, and then we returned to the States, but actually I'm in Tulum right now chatting with you because we were, had the opportunity to come back for the summer and it's just proven to be a wonderful place to, to live and obviously to play. We can pedal on our cheap Mex Mexican bikes down to the beach and life is good. Yeah. It's uh, interesting, you know, especially with COVID, um, it changed the way we work, travel, um, and uh, the rise of digital nomadism is, is at all-time high. And so you're embodying financial location, time, emotional freedom. So you're, you know, you're free. You're, you know, you, you, don't, you don't have any attachments and you're able to contribute and grow. And so I think that's very inspiring for all of the listeners to, to point out to. So yeah, it's actually worked out really well. You know, we're still in the same time zone with Houston and, you know, obviously that's useful. And then there's a, a cost arbitrage as well, right? So living here is a little bit cheaper, generally speaking. And then sure, the the time, I mean, we're, we're actually next week going to do a, a little weekend trip to another beach town and just jump on the, the bus, which takes a couple of hours. And it's just really easy to get to explore places we otherwise wouldn't get to see. But then uh, to Mexico's credit, at least in the right places, the high-speed internet has been terrific and easy for us to do what we need to do best during the day and then enjoy the time and meeting the people. Like you said, a lot of digital nomads here along alongside us and getting to spend time meeting some interesting people here as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, I, I, I just love talking to individuals such as yourself because you, you know, you're embodying what the work lifestyle is going to be in the next 10, 15, 20 years. And um, so um, what are some resources that people can get started with to learn more about you and, um, or just learn about um, 
financial advising, uh, financial coaching in general? Sure. So one of the things that we're focused on at WealthTender is really providing a lot of great, valuable education. So we wanted to make sure the service is free to all consumers. Um, the way we make money is actually charging the financial professionals who are featured on the site so that we can ensure it's free to everybody else. And what that's afforded us the opportunity to do is publish hundreds of really high quality articles on a broad range of personal finance topics. So people, um, if they finish this podcast and they want to jump on to the wealthtender.com website, um, you can look by all sorts of different topics based upon your occupation. So as a physician, for example, we have a great article, whether you're you know, nursing, dentist, as a traditional physician on financial planning uniquely to your individual needs, as well as more general articles. You know, If you're a, a small business owner, maybe you've got your own practice, some really great tips and good insights. And because of that community of financial professionals that we have established, we're able to lean in and leverage their insights within a lot of these articles where they're providing some good quotes and their own knowledge and experience to really make those articles that much more robust. So lots of great information um, that your audience can find out there. And I'm certainly happy to speak with any of them individually if they're looking for uh, guidance on uh, anything specific to their unique cir circumstances as well. Yeah. And so for all the listeners out there, um, Brian's resources will be in the links and show notes. And um, again, congratulations on um, launching um, your website and your company, and your business and embodying the you know four types of freedom that we talk about. And um, any last parting words of advice before we call it a day? I just really appreciate the opportunity to come on and congratulate you as well for everything that you're doing and the education that you're providing your audience in terms of how they can really take advantage of the, the new world that we're living in. And it's just terrific to see uh, and look forward to more opportunities in the future. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful inspirational motivational piece again if you wherever you are listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week